Yeah, it's just it's it's amazing how many things you can go, do now, and really not have to leave your house. I actually don't. Uh, I brought my house with me, man. I think we had talked about that when we were going back and forth on Messenger. I just recently moved into a tra- travel trailer, and uh, my family and I are full time RVing. My wife and daughter are actually on a walk right now as we're doing the podcast from the road. Uh, we actually just left three weeks ago on the 24th of May was our first like uh, official day full timing. And so we're only like three weeks in and uh, I'm already I, I come from Gilbert, Arizona and we're already in uh, Tennessee at the moment. So. <laughs> This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. I'm your host, Sean Dustin. I'd like to apologize for not keeping my release schedule or publishing schedule. Well, this is the third week that I haven't published anything on time. Usually I release on Thursdays and I am three weeks and one day behind. So I apologize for that. It's been a busy, busy, busy three weeks for me, to be honest with you. From the contract negotiations that I was dealing with for one whole week. Well, it was longer than that, but the first of the three weeks, it it was solely dealing with that. And then come back for a couple of days to work. And then I was off again on vacation up in the mountains. And if guys, girls, folks, if you get a chance and you can disconnect for a couple of days and get out into the nature and, you know, the go camping, go do something where you're out of cell range and you can't mess with your phone or anything like that, man. It is such a relaxing time to not have to be stuck on a device. And I had such a relaxing time up with my dad and my dog, Riley. It was a good time. And if you can get to a place like that, I would definitely suggest it. Because I came back refreshed, renewed, and, you know, with a completely different outlook. And, you know, it's for me, when I go up to the mountains and and do this, it's the second year that I've done it. It's like a halftime for me, you know go up there, reevaluate where I'm going, what I'm doing, you know, figure out a plan to execute when I get back to keep me going in the direction that I'm, that I want to be going. Or if I want to go into a new direction, you know, how am I going to go about doing that? And that's a good place for me to start. So if you can do it, I highly suggest it. And if you're a listener and I've interviewed you and you're waiting for your episodes to come out, they will at some point. I'll get to them. I've got 14 uh, interviews sitting waiting to be edited and and published. So I'm getting to it as fast as I can, as fast as my schedule will let me get to it. And if you've been waiting for a while, I apologize. New to this, didn't really know what I was uh, biting into and, and, and how much work it was actually going to be. So 
just bear with me. I'll I'll get I'll get your episode out as as soon as I can. I'm thinking about changing my publishing schedule from weekly to biweekly until I can make some more time. And it, it may never come that I make more time and it might just end up being a biweekly thing. I think I can manage two episodes a month with all the editing and everything that I'm doing by myself. Uh, I edit, I do the, I build the, the promo clips. I, I do it all. It has been difficult to keep up with on a weekly basis. So I think I need to back it off to two times a month and see if I can manage that. So, I mean, if, if anybody has a problem with that, I, sorry again i just i can't i can't allow my wish could be my job get in the way of this is my actual job that pays me and pays for this podcast and everything else so i had to you know do a do a shift in priorities and you know focus more on my real job that is you know sustaining me my 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 daughter and everything else so if you know, hopefully nobody has a problem with that. If you do, sorry, don't know what to tell you. Today's guest is Kelsey Bratcher. He hosts a podcast called Get Automated, where he he specializes in uh, productivity and uh, streamlining different processes and using tools, apps, whatnot, and and how to integrate it into business businesses and making making them more efficient and and saving them money. So interesting thing about Kelsey is he recently he bought a travel trailer and moved his family his wife and his 12-year-old daughter into the travel trailer and are currently living in it going across the country, you know, working remotely. Him and his wife both work remotely, so that's pretty awesome, man. Funny thing is, is I just moved into my fifth wheel. I have a 38-foot uh, full-time living unit. The RV park that I moved to is off the Delta, and it's one of the most popular places to windsurf and and uh, kiteboard. So it is windy out here. Literally, I get rocked to sleep every night. It's so windy. But the good thing is, is there's no bugs. So if there's wind, there's no bugs and the air is pretty clean. So can't complain about that. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's get to this week's episode. You've waited long enough. Without further ado, let's uh, talk to Kelsey. Hi, Kelsey. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I appreciate you inviting me to come on. Yeah, no problem, man. No problem. Thanks for uh, responding to the post that I put out there uh, to get a guest. Yeah, I've I've actually not had any luck with that myself. Really, when you post something on one not of those really. one of those uh, groups, it's hit and miss depending on the audience. I guess would be the way to say it. it. In the group that we're in, it's kind of a mixed audience, all kinds of different topics and stuff. Yeah, mine. So with my podcast, I basically, you know, it's, it's comeback stories and, you know, stories of struggle, bottoms, how people get through them. And then mixed in with that, like in, in between episodes, I'll throw in some like interests that I have. Like the last one I had was like voiceovers. 
uh, interviewing a voice actress because that's something that I'm was interested in. So I threw that in there. And it, anything that's sort of like what I'm doing or or uh, a variety, just I don't know. I felt like having a, a show that had a lot of depressing stuff. You know what I mean? Because some of these some of these stories, you know, could get kind of, um, you know, deep and, and, you know, reveal a lot about the person. So I don't know, you need something to lighten it up a little bit. I hear that. I hear that. And I would actually guess if you're, if you're getting into voice acting, you got the kind of voice <laughs> that I would pay for. Yeah. I, I, I tried to take lessons at one point and, uh, it just, I don't know. It, I, it just wasn't the right time. And then I had interviewed, uh, Melissa and she basically kind of broke down how to get into the business without even having to get an agent or anything else, you know, and that was pretty cool. And I had actually done that and got two parts off of uh 17 auditions in one day just to see if I, if, if her, what she was telling me worked and it did. That's awesome, man. That's actually really cool that that was uh she was able to spill the beans like that. And then you basically just took it and ran with it. It sounds like. Yeah, well, I wanted to make sure, you know what I mean? If I'm going to put it out there, I wanted to, to test it out and see how, how well, you know, that advice worked. And it, and it worked pretty good. I mean, I guess as long as you got the voice for it, you can, you know, pretty much get whatever you want. And on, on these sites, you can audition for hundreds of stuff a, a day. I mean, there's so many things on there. I mean, they're not paid, obviously, not all of them. But, I mean, you got to break in somewhere and get your, you know, cut your teeth and, and get some experience. That way you got something to put on a resume for future stuff and... Yeah, it's just it's it's amazing how many things you can go, do now, and really not have to leave your house. I actually don't. Uh, I brought my house with me, man. I think we had talked about that when we were going back and forth on Messenger. I just recently moved into a tra- travel trailer, and uh, my family and I are full time RVing. My wife and daughter are actually on a walk right now as we're doing the podcast from the road. Oh, that's awesome, man! I have a uh, I, I always. I envision that for myself as well. I have a 38-foot fifth wheel, which is a, a full-time living unit if I wanted it to be. I lived in it for almost, I think, six months last year. Yeah, I'm just yeah, – I'm, I'm holding on to it now. I mean, it, it, it's burning a hole in my pocket because I'm not using it, but I have I have a vision for this thing and what I want to do with it, so I'm just kind of like holding on, holding on. Hopefully, I can afford it you know, until whatever it is I'm trying to do – comes to fruition or if it doesn't then i guess i'm just gonna have to sell it but the problem is is i'm upside down and if i sell it it's gonna it's gonna end up costing me like nine or ten thousand yeah that's how (laughs) that's how they get you with these things i've noticed how fast they can depreciate i bought i bought a used unit but uh we actually just left three weeks ago on the 24th of may was our first like uh official day full-timing and so we're only like three weeks in and uh, I'm already I, I come from Gilbert, Arizona, and we're already in uh, Tennessee at the moment. So. <laughs> well, the reason I thought it would be cool is because, I mean, what better way to get a get a sense of the 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 temperature of, of the country in, uh, in a different way other than, you know, going through the country yourself and seeing, you know, because you, you, you watch social media, you watch Facebook or wh- whichever platform that you follow. I mean, if you're really going to try and gauge the temperature of the social climate, that's not the right place to do it because that's really not an accurate estimate. It's not at all. Well, you're you're being fed stories the way that 
it would keep you going, right? So it's either one-sided or whatever. You're only getting exposed to, I think, on social media, like the best of things oftentimes. Like most people don't share their bummers or really it's just the highlight reel of their life. And so I I kind of feel the same way. For me, like the big thing in where I lived was in Gilbert, Arizona. The real estate market is getting to be – well, I had bought a house at the worst possible time. <laughs> And this is probably going into my story a little bit, but I had bought a house at the worst possible time. I had just had a baby. It's like 2007. So like at the very height ish of the uh, highest real estate prices in this, in the area. And so I bought a house that I shouldn't have bought. It was a, like a townhouse, like weird high. It had a weird floor plan. It was, it was not a, the kind of house I should have bought for a starter. Right. I had foreclosed it in 2009 or 2010 because of uh, the way that everything went down. But the the way that, you know, I'm finally in a position to actually make that decision more intelligently. But when I'm looking at real estate prices and I see the house that I foreclosed on is is, is now valued higher than what I paid for it before I foreclosed, right? It made me really, th- you know, think twice about, okay, well, this is the kind of thing that I want to, you know, take the risk and, you know, lose my ass again or is it do i want to leave and do i really want to be in arizona right now it's like in triple digits heat or do i want to see the country i i think that in the rv type situation is the only way that you're able to cost effectively experience what it's like to live different places because when i've traveled and i don't know about your experience but when you go stay in a hotel you're not really getting the the you're not getting the the actual way things are i guess would be I, at least that's my my thoughts on it well yeah because you're you're in a in a place where there's people that are coming and going and it, and some of them are there for business some of them are there for for other reasons but i mean being in a hotel is an, is an awful lot like being in an apartment when i lived in an apartment and i know yeah that this is like you know this around everywhere half the time you don't even know who your neighbors are you know, because you're just so busy with your life doing this, doing that. You might catch them on the on the walk by and be like, hey, how are you? But, I mean, you don't really, really, really know anybody. When I go to an RV park, everybody's super friendly because we're all doing the same thing. Everybody's interested in wanting to know your story or, or you know, or maybe not. But, I mean, the chances of a, of a friendly conversation happening are more are greater in, a, in like an RV uh, type, you know, uh, KOA or, or whatever it is. Oh, for sure, man. I mean, I, it, where I'm from, people don't say hi to you when you walk by, you just kind of avoid talking. And if you do say hi to people, they get kind of freaked out. But, uh, that's one of the first things that I noticed was how folksy everybody seems to be. Yes. Um, I remember I, I went from Vegas on a, uh, on a, uh, went Vegas down through, uh, Flagstaff, and then over to Amarillo and uh, the people over there in, in Texas, man, they were super nice, friendly, say hi, you know, just, I, it was, it was weird to me. And then being in being, no, that's of, how I'm feeling. I'm, sorry about that. There's a delay. Yeah, I, I know a that. Bit. Yeah. There, but there, there is a little bit, man. It's, that's the tricky part about doing these, uh, this, the remote interviews is that you got to kind of watch the, uh, the delay so you don't trip over each other. Yeah, I'll I'll be more mindful. But yeah, my thoughts are uh, that I mean Tennessee. I've been to so far. I've been through. New, I went to Roswell, New Mexico. 
went to Colorado Springs, Topeka, Kansas, St. Louis, and then now we're, uh, you know, on Thursday, tomorrow, <laughs> we're going to be heading down to Huntsville, Alabama to see my friend who has the largest arcade in the state of Alabama. And he's going to give my my daughter and I like a like a tour. They have like an arcade manufacturing facility where they like rehab and create recreate like old classic arcade machines and stuff. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. No, that sounds really cool. Yeah, another thing that's cool is that your your daughter's getting to experience going across the country and and seeing all these different places. How old is she? My daughter's uh, twelve years old. We took her. She just finished school, like uh, on the twenty second of May, and so we had planned to leave like after that took place. And then the plan is to homeschool her in the RV lifestyle for the over the course of seventh and eighth grade. And so we'll. At the end of that time period, we're going to give her the option: Do you want to go to like high school, or do you want to just continue going on the road? Yeah, that's a great age uh, to do that because it's not it's not too young where they they don't appreciate what it is that they're getting to do, and they're not too old where they're not interested in anything other than silly stuff that teenagers are, are interested in. Oh, for sure. I mean, she's really. I think she's really enjoying it. Uh, I mean, we are working from the road still. Um, my wife and I are both working. You know, during the day, I'm on my laptop. My wife's on her laptop. My daughter's kind of occupying herself, I guess would be the way to say it. We haven't encountered any kids her age. There's always been, like, younger kids so far. But we're hoping to – once we get into a park that we're going to be at for a little bit longer, because uh, I've had to be, I've had to be moving pretty quickly, uh, The whole, hopefully that she'll – Maybe make some new friends. You know, maybe who knows what ha- what can happen. Yeah, we're also getting into the uh, into the meat of summer, so mm-hmm. more people should be out and about. I, I know it's a hundred. It's been over a hundred degrees where I'm at. So for the last couple of days, it's cooling off now, but still, it's like the devil's kitchen out here. Oh, uh, where are whereabouts are you? Uh, I'm in uh, Brentwood, uh, California, which is uh, San Francisco Bay Area on the eastern part of the Bay Area where the Delta is, just before the valley. Yeah, O.J. Simpson trial. Uh, no, no, no. That's that's Brentwood, the community. So and that's, oh, in, that's okay. in Southern California. <laughs> yeah, everybody gets that confused. I, I would, uh, when I'm on uh, online dating apps sometimes and it says Brentwood, people from L.A. will hit me up and they're like, oh, Brentwood's so close. And I'm like, eh, not really. That's Brentwood, the community. I wish I lived there. <laughs> i was thinking because yeah uh, that's where i know it from but uh, i'm actually going to be going to brentwood tennessee uh in a couple weeks as well so what you had in your uh what you wanted to talk about was uh you said you destroyed your marriage and your house burned down tell me about that yeah so i had gotten married at a relatively younger age i was 23 so I'll, I'll kind of start from the, not from the beginning of my relationship, but I want to set the tone for kind of how things were for me at that time period. And that, and I think that that because it, it'll justify kind of like why my relationship fell apart, or at least at least in my opinion, why it fell apart. And then kind of leading into the different things that have taken place after that. So uh, being relatively young, you know, I got married. Uh, we had my kid, my daughter. And uh, I had gotten into working really heavily, like over, like a kind of workaholism, 
partially because I had a weird situation. One, I had obligated myself. I mentioned buying a house like the week after my daughter was born. I had bought cars that I shouldn't have bought at that time period. And I was, uh, I wasn't like over leveraged. Well, I, yeah, I was, <laughs> but I, I was in a position where it was really stressful or I always said making these payments. Um, my mother-in-law lived with us and so it was super stressful. So I had a, a really avoidant behavior. One of the things that I've always struggled with as a child and, and leading up to my early adulthood was I had a lot of anxiety issues. And so anytime I would get anxiety, I would just kind of like escape, either zone out by playing video games or working or avoiding the behavior, avoiding the thing that was making me feel anxious, more or less. You know, that's was a behavior that I had picked up probably when I was a kid. I don't know. When you're in a relationship with somebody and you're not coming home on time because you're staying late when you really don't have to. That's kind of the situation where I was avoiding coming home to deal with my mother-in-law and my new baby and like all the stress that was there. And I could just, I could focus on work and not have to think about all those other things that made me feel bad. Right. In doing that, I was neglecting my, my relationship with my wife. I was missing out on the time period when my child was at her youngest. That takes a toll. And so, you know, how long do you really how long is it reasonable for somebody that you're in a relationship, someone that you're married to, to put up with that before it starts to become too much? And so one of the things that that had happened was um, while I was you know away, my wife was at work and she had people that would talk to her and they were all having bad relationships. And so they started encouraging her to you know, leave the situation, find something new, that kind of thing. <clears throat> that started happening, and we actually ended up, uh, she told me she wanted to get a divorce, and she didn't want to be with me anymore because of the basically the reasons I had laid out is I was neglecting the relationship. I wasn't being active in that type of position. That led up to me moving, being asked to move out, and then thus my divorce. I had it in my head that that's what you do. You know, you, you get married, you start a family, you buy a house. All, But I did all that shit in, like, a two month time period instead of over the course of my lifetime. Right. Yeah. Wow. And so that was kind of like the, the beginnings of it. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just, I was just saying, wow. Yeah. That's uh that's you're right. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't usually happen that quick. It's a, it's a, a organic, what do you want to call that progression? Yeah. It's a game of patience. It, there's no reason to hurry up and do right in my head. That's what I thought that I did. And I didn't have any, uh, real guidance, I would say. My parents did not make good financial decisions when I was a child, and so I didn't have any experience with. Other than watching them, you know, screw up repeatedly, I never understood like how to deal with money and all this other type of stuff. And so that was also, you know, compounding the stress. So I've got this anxiety problem of an avoidance behavior. I have my workaholism, my video game addiction. You know, that's who I was at that time period. And I thought, you know, I do everything else right. You know, I don't drink. I don't do drugs. You know, I'm okay, right? You know, when you're in a relationship with somebody, it, it really requires two people to be present and, and interested in, in making that thing work, right? Yeah, relationships are really hard. I, I I have yet to figure out how to do one right. I mean, even up to the point where, like, now, you know, I'm, I'm dating and I'm I'm very upfront now about my what my intentions are or or not. You know, if I'm if I'm just want to hang out and and you know 
want to hang out and have sex with somebody, but you don't want to have a commitment. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to be tied down with all that because timing is, is really everything in relationships. For myself, having gotten, gone out of one and realized, you know, how, how fucked or screwed up my, how I am in relationships is, like, I don't really need to be in one. I kind of need to figure out myself, you know, how to, how, how to be, you know, with other human beings of the opposite sex. Yeah. It, uh, but I mean, how do you, I mean, you still need sex. I mean, what are you supposed to just not have sex? I mean, I mean, that's no fun. <laughs> no, it's not. And I mean, and that's, I mean, for me, I, I really enjoy having a family. And so that is, uh, something that's always been important to me. I just didn't understand like what that meant. I also didn't understand what it meant to be in relationship with somebody and, and, and be serious about it. So, but I, I agree with you full wholeheartedly because when you get divorced, you're basically now in a position where you're extremely rusty. You don't know about dating and like the way things are. The last time you dated was a decade ago or longer. And that was the situation I found myself in. Yeah, the game changed. Oh, yeah. I don't even know. I have no idea what it's like now. But so when you get, and then the other thing is when, so when you get divorced, it's different for everybody. But for me, I got super depressed. It was probably about a 13 month time period where uh, every day I would wake up and, you know, just be hurting emotionally. And it would I would just carry that around with me for that entire time period. And it's it was a pretty brutal existence to endure that. I'm not one like I mentioned, I, I don't really drink more of a choice. Not really. I don't have a problem, but I just don't enjoy it. And then drugs are not a big part of that or have never been really a big part of my life either. I smoked weed when I was in high school, but that's about it. That's the thing that enduring that was incredibly difficult. And so I had mentioned when we were chatting before that my house burned down. So when I got divorced, I moved back in with my parents because I knew that I wasn't making good decisions at that time because I was in pain and I was hurting and I was worried. I just needed someone who cared about me to look out for. For you know, just to second guess some of the shit that I may come up with to do or 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 say or buy, that was kind of the the motivation for that. So what ended up happening is I was living with my parents for about six months. Out of that thirteen months, it was roughly about the third month in. Once we, I had gone on a business trip to Las Vegas, and at the time I was working at a software company, and I had flown out to Vegas to help this small business um, implement the software company that I was working at. And when I got home, it was probably like three or three or four o'clock in the morning. I had, I went to bed. I smoked a cigarette and I went to bed. And then I woke up at five thirty in the morning. My mom screaming at me that the house was on fire, and she was screaming at me. And I was like, "What are you talking about? You know, go back to bed. It's not you know, it's not fire." And then I heard the, the smoke alarm. I walk out of the my bedroom, and there's smoke like all up on the top of the, the ceiling and stuff. So my parents they had this house that was like built in the 1980s when you, the only thing you, you only needed one smoke alarm for the entire house. So had my mom not woken me up, I probably would have been in bad shape with how, how fast that that fire had gotten to that point. Yeah, that's scary. It was. So, I mean, and the house fire is crazy because it's another thing that, so like in dealing with all the stress and the emotional pain that came from the divorce, now I'm dealing with, so like the thing I like to say at this point it's a, it's a little joke, but it's like, uh, so you get divorced and you lose half your shit. Well, then my house burned down and I lost the other half of my shit. And so I, I basically had like my laptop, my car, and like three three pairs of clothes that were in 
my backpack that I took to Vegas, right? Yeah, that's all you need, man. That's all you need to start over. You got the basics. <laughs> so, I mean, so like the thing about that type of thing uh, situation is that you end up with, I mean, there's it's traumatic. Don't get me wrong. I have a nasty scar. Uh, I can go into detail about the house fire if you want, but I have a nasty scar from getting cut on broken glass. My mom, who was who was living with his, was really upset about it. Like the way that it impacted me was, you know, I kind of worry about that now. It's like, what if there's a fire? But my mom, like, it was extremely traumatic for her. I mean, it was her house. Most of the possessions that were lost were hers and my my father's. And uh, my they lost uh, three dogs. They were not. They did not survive the fire. It was pretty brutal. Yeah, that's a tough one. The animal thing is a tough one. I, I have I have dogs, and they're they're just like members of the family. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, it was there weren't my dogs, but they were my mom's dogs. My little sister had left her dog. She had gotten a dog in a situation like she was an apartment, and she got a big dog. It wasn't really a good dog to have in an apartment. So the, the her dog and my mom's two dogs were were gone as a result, but. I believe that they so they knew that the fire was going on. They woke my mom up. They went and hid under the bed, and then my mom went up and got me and got me out of there. But the dogs were basically, I guess, the firemen had explained that they go under the bed because it's like a hiding spot with all the shit that's going on, and so they just stayed in there and suffocated. No, they probably yeah, they probably passed before they got burned up. Yeah, well, it, they didn't actually get the dogs. Didn't get burned up. It was the they because my parents' bedroom wasn't as torched. I will say it was definitely heat that would have gotten them, but it wouldn't. They weren't. The flames didn't get to them. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's. I mean, it's a little bit weird, but so you know, now I'm dealing with the depression, the divorce, and all the bullshit that it was went along with doing that, and then the house fire went on, and so you know, I at that point I was like in serious pain. Like the only thing I wanted to do is get back together with my family. I needed to figure out kind of how how to deal with like that type of tr- you know traumatic experiences. And that was uh back in 2011, 2010 or 2012, I found a book. It was written by this I had, I had gone so like I when you get divorced uh, or a lot of common behavior is you go on the internet and you google shit and you start reading articles and forums and Facebook, you know, or at least at that time, all kinds of shit. You're buying, you know, relationship advice books, divorce help, self-help books, all kinds of different stuff, I guess would be the way to say it. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a failure. I mean, it, I mean, it, it, depending on the situation, um, you know, maybe it's a good failure, maybe it was a bad failure, but the bottom line is it's a failure. And what do we always do when we fail? We, you know, take a look back. Well, at least the people that are, are, you know, doing life right. They're taking a look and, and seeing, Hey, all right, well, you know, what did I do wrong here? What do I need to change? What do I need to fix? How do I make sure that this doesn't happen again? Mm-hmm. No, that's exactly right. I mean, for me, it was, I just had to do something to, to make it stop hurting. I was going to therapy. I'd, I'd hired, went to a, hired a therapist, you know, to talk through my shit, you know, I guess that really, I don't think it was that helpful, but what was for me, I had seen on a forum, you know, by this book, it was called no more Mr. Nice guy by a guy named Dr. Robert Glover. It's a book that's intended for men predominantly to read guys that have this, what he calls nice guy syndrome. 
And it's this concept where uh, guys will be nice because they think that's what people want instead of, you know, being themselves or acting with integrity and being transparent with, you know, what they're actually after, I guess would be the way to say it. And so I bought that book. Uh, and then because we were living in an apartment at the time when, when your house burns down, your insurance company will put you up in a, an apartment while your house is being rebuilt or whatever the hell the solution is. And so I basically bought that book and then read it in an evening and then reread it again. Like the next day, there's a bunch of there's a whole bunch of lessons in that book that kind of explained uh, a lot of the trouble that I was having. Yeah, that's a great thing about podcasts, too, these days is that. It's another avenue of information, you know, that you can consume in a in a way that's probably a little bit better. Like for me, aside from the fact that I'm lazy, <laughs> listening to stuff kind of kind of resonates with me a little bit more. And and God, podcasts are crazy because you can. Do, there's just everything. There's a podcast for everything. You can think of it. There's a podcast for it. Oh, for sure, man. I mean, that's the. I I definitely. I was not into podcasts at that time, so I, I wouldn't have searched there. But had this happened to me now, I'd probably be listen to, you know, a variety of podcasts regarding, you know, getting fucked up and then <laughs> recovering or like how to get unstuck when you're feeling like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And hearing what other people go through and how they are able to manage, navigate through their problems. That's something that that I found I mean, that was so. As following up with that, the guy has uh, group therapy sessions that he would do. Right, you could go to Mexico in the wintertime, or you could go to Seattle or Seattle in the summertime and Mexico in the wintertime. So the guy moves from Seattle to Puerto Vallarta, and so I saw that he was doing this therapy group, and so I bought a ticket or whatever it was, went down there and hung out with eight other guys. I was the youngest guy in the room, but you know, every single guy in that room had the same fucking problem that I had. They were divorced. Their wife cheated on them or their wife left them. They're basically all broken. You know, that's pretty interesting. That's a, that's a interesting idea. Go, go do group therapy in Puerto Vallarta and, and hang out and spill your shit. <laughs> well, I didn't, at that point I had never gone anywhere other than business trips by myself. So I never, never gone to a, another country alone went and hung out with a bunch of strangers and told them shit that I had never told anybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, did it like, how, how did that feel? Like for me, I know when I, when I get something off my chest and I put it out there, you know, the feeling I get afterwards is, is always a good one. Oh, there's, I mean, I definitely had some, some shit to talk through, you know, to admit, you know, not only to, a, you know, somebody other than my head, but to, you know, just acknowledge to myself, like the shit that I had done and the role that I played. And because that when I got before I had got to that point, I was just blaming my wife for all the problems. Right. And not being responsible for the role that I played. And it was able, I was able to see what that that was after going through that. And that was I would say extremely helpful because it also helped me understand the anxiety problem that I had. And like why I would escape when some when sh when stuff starts getting crazy, why I would choose to unplug and go, you know, be by myself playing video games or or my workaholism, you know, that kind of stuff. It helped me get some insight into that. Yeah, and we all have have things that we do or behaviors that we learned, you know, when we were kids. It was like what you were saying earlier about your parents not being a very good example of of how to 
how to be um, responsible with finances. And I, you know, I was never given that. My dad is. I mean, my mom seemed to always be in in uh, like credit card troubles. And I mean, even though she she you know kept a roof over our head and you know made sure that that we stayed in the house that that we grew up in, and sacrificed quite a bit on her end to make sure that that happened. But I also remember that there was a lot of stress on her end, you know, trying to make ends meet and credit card debt and this and that. And when I got money, because I mean, I, I don't, I don't come from from money, you know, I grew up in a probably a lower middle class uh, household in a middle middle class neighborhood, so we were barely being able to stay there, while everybody else was probably in a better uh, uh, financial situation. I know when I got money, I didn't know how to kind of deal with it. I think the the what kind of saved me a little bit was the fact that I'd already been through the drugs and and all the crazy stuff. Like when you get money and decide you know, just go and blow it, but it doesn't mean it didn't stop me from going and buying the boat, buying the RV, buying this, buying that, and and like every time I got an upgrade or a raise, my uh, I, I would add an, add another payment in there, you know, to increase my, my status. And, and at the end of that, you're just like, you're going, God, man, you're, so now you're, you're forcing yourself to have to make X amount of dollars to keep the boat floating. And, you know, mm-hmm. and so that becomes, that becomes the focus. All right. Well, I know I need to work at least, you know, 36 hours this week or, or whatever to make sure I, I, I can cover these payments. Cause I get paid weekly in construction. So, I mean, you can kind of figure what it, you know, how much time you can take off or how much time you can play. And, uh, yeah, I, I definitely didn't get taught that either. And I think a lot of people are in that, in that boat because it's not something the kids taught when you're in uh when you're in high school, like it should. I mean, they, they tell you about compound interest, but they don't, they don't explain it to you in a, in a manner in which that you can understand how it really works. That's the truth. It's like so when you go get a house and they give you a mortgage, it's for let's just say something around like a two hundred thousand dollars, right? And they you got thirty years to pay that off, and you're making basically a a minimal payment is what the mortgage payment becomes. But over the course of thirty years, it accumulates a shitload of interest to the tune. I don't even know what it is, but depending on what your interest rate is. You'd be like 150 grand, 170 grand. You're almost paying for two fucking houses by the time you're done paying it off. If you're, if that's the route that you're going, right? No one explains that. Or like when you buy a car, especially when you're young and you don't have good, you don't have the ability to borrow. You're, you know, you're a high risk borrower. You know, you're at like eight, twelve percent or higher on a on a car loan, and that shit adds up like. Big time. And they don't, you know, that's not explained in school. That's not explained by, it wasn't, I didn't learn it until I was 27 years old. And I had gone, my wife and I had got uh, to fast forward a little bit. My wife, so after I got through all that bullshit, you know, I got my head on straight. I started making good decisions for myself, being, you know, focusing on my health a little bit because, you know, when 13 months of being depressed, not being interested in dating and then coming to the terms where you're like, okay, this has happened. I need to start dating again. You start focusing on your, you know, the body that you neglected for fucking, you know, the, the past 10 years. My, you know, six months goes by. I actually start talking to my, my, my 
I hadn't seen my wife because we would just drop my kid off at daycare and then rotate every other week. And so our our transfer point was daycare. So I would never see my wife and she would never see me. Well, I had to go drop something off at the house that Kendra forgot at my house. Uh, I had ran into my wife and we, you know, she had been working out and she's been working on herself and I had been doing the same thing. And we kind of like had a little bit of chemistry, I guess would be the way to explain it. And so at that point we had actually got back together and we've been back together ever since. We're not remarried, but we've, you know, we live in a fucking RV now. <laughs> and so, uh, one of the things that we had done once we got back together is get serious about Dave Ramsey and not getting into the, you know, escape, trying to get away from our lifestyle scale that you had mentioned, where you, every time you get a little bump in pay, you scale up your life and your expenses to that much more, obligating yourself to have to make, you know, if you've got, you know, $5,000 a month worth of payments, you have to make at least $5,000 and ideally more so that you could uh, have food and all the other shit you have to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I only make 5,000, but I got, I, I got $4,500 in payments, which means I got, you know, uh, $500 to live on. That sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then the next month, you you get a flat tire because your tires are all bald and you have to go buy new tires. So you only have $500 and you need 700 to buy tires. So how do you do that? You put it on a credit card and it just gets out of control faster and faster and faster. Or you do what I'm probably about to do, which my commuter car is getting ready to uh, – there's just so many different things that are going on with it. And I'm like, oh, man, just hold on a little bit longer. You know, because I could at least, if I trade it in, I can get a thousand, and I can throw another thousand down, and and I can you know walk off with something that's gonna continue running, and I can just keep the cycle going. Yeah, yeah, no, that's. I mean, it's a difficult trap to escape. I mean, I, I've fortunately leveraged that experience of getting over my head in financial problems to uh, scale back my lifestyle significantly at the time, and did that for like once we got back together, we had kind of scaled back our lifestyle more we lived in a more modest house we you know we were renting so we didn't have there's you can only really rent in the area that i was we'll call it modest and then ghetto houses those are the only choices that you have you have nothing super fancy like nothing you would have a party at you know what i mean and and so you know that was one of those things that that helped our relationship because now money we don't fight about money because it's not a problem anymore i guess would be the way to say it because you know, part, in doing that crazy spending, when you have a wife that is wanting some safety and some security, at least in my wife's situation, you got to hold on to your money, because <laughs> otherwise, you're going to get that flat tire and you're not going to have the cash to throw down to to sort it out. And so, one of the things that I took away from that was like di- having the ability to absorb hits, right? The financial hits that come through. Again, for me, I mean, why, my parents got fucked up over and over and over again watching them when I was growing up. I didn't know how to avoid it. I just knew that I didn't want to have that happen to me. And so that's one of the steps that we took, you know, so we saved money while we were scaling our lifestyle down. Oh, yeah. I just took one of those hits uh, for taxes this year, which a lot of Americans in uh, (laughs) across the country, you know, had unexpected giant taxes this year. 10,000 is what it cost me this year. That's nasty, man. I, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. I've, I've gotten that. That's a, a, a different story, but uh, 
I've been in a bad tax behind it behind the eight ball in the tax situation as well, having to come up with a bunch of money real quick in order to cover it. And then, yeah, it's a that's a bad spot. I've I've, I've been there. Yeah, well, yeah or getting a, a much a significantly larger tax bill than what you and since I I mean since I became self employed, uh, I didn't really understand how to do all that shit until it was already I was behind the eight ball, <laughs> and so you know getting through that now, but. You know, once you I, to circle things are back around to the divorce and the house fire and like experiencing that one of the things that and then kind of getting my head straight with uh, the anxiety issues that I was having was like one of the pieces of advice the guy gave you is, you know, you're you're operating in, you know, either where you're not growing, you're stretching yourself or you're stressing yourself. And ideally, you're living in like a situation where you're stretching yourself a little bit to keep growing. Right. You're not just staying stagnant and wasting away. The other piece of my big takeaway from there was when you do get anxiety to just do the thing that you're feeling anxious about. I'm not recklessly, but if you're feeling anxiety, like I had always wanted to start a small business, but I had a lot of anxiety. Like, what if I fuck up and all this other, you know, stuff that can happen? Yeah. Anxiety is definitely, uh, uh, it can be debilitating. I know that I had a, uh, my ex-wife was a, she had a anxiety issues and, I, I think I talked about that in one of my uh, one of my previous episodes, and uh, it was it's difficult to deal with when you're not somebody that understands what that is, and it's very difficult to be compassionate about something that you you can't see, and you just think that people, you know, what I mean, if you can't see it and you can't help somebody, it's easy to slide into like, well, I don't know what to do with you, you know, I don't I don't know how to help you. I mean, it, it's frustrating. And I'm not the most empathetic no, person sure. in the world. <laughs> that didn't help. <laughs> Nor am I. <laughs> but at least I can identify what my problem is. And I can be a little bit yeah, more no, empathetic. I, I that, man. Yeah, so, so I don't know, switch up over uh, to your podcast. Tell me a little bit about that, because that sounds interesting. So, I mean, to, to more or less, is so having gone through all that bullshit that I explained, I realize that most problems are really not that big of a deal. You know, in, in comparison, when you're like life is in danger or like catastrophic, like a divorce or someone dying in your family. And so I had the confidence to be able to, uh, you know, understand that shit's going to happen. I just don't I just need to let, you know, deal with it as opposed to like let it pile up or avoid it or whatever that is. And so I started a business in 2013. Uh, I did. I I was doing freelance consulting or freelance uh, consulting and implementation for a software company that I had worked at. I just basically took my job and went and did it on my own freelance with the idea of like working less and making more. But that's uh, kind of a fucking joke. <laughs> you always work more. You always work more. But uh, over the course of that time period, I, you know, I've had, I worked a lot of small businesses and helped them implement like automation and systems and processes in their business to make them more efficient uh, in the area of sales and marketing and then their operations, you know, how they're, tool there's how the software they use interacts with their accounting tools and all kinds of other stuff and so uh i always have people ask me i was people pay me money to help them with that shit and they always have questions about it and i've i'm kind of like a, an app junkie i guess would be the way to say it so like uh you know when you you're looking at software and there's a free trial i always take the free trial <laughs> uh you're definitely the opposite of me because i'm like jesus this is gonna because there's there's 
most of the time they're not quick to set up. I mean, I guess five five minutes is quick, but I mean, in, in today's gotta have it now uh, society, it's it, it is not fast. And so usually when I uh, I'll open up something and I'll I'll glance at it and kind of like give an estimate of what I think how much time I'm going to have to put into signing up for this thing, and half the time I'll just not sign up. Cause it's either not the right time. That's either not the right time. I got something else going here and, or I don't know. I just, I feel like sometimes these, uh, things that are meant to make things in life easier, you get wrapped up in having to update it or this or that. The, you know, the, the password needs to be, uh, you got to type in your password now because it's been a while since you put it in. We want to make sure it's still you and you've already forgotten what that password is. So now you got to go and, do the forgot password thing. And so what should have taken you like two minutes, you're now 15 minutes into it. No, I mean, I hear that. That's, those are the people that I help the most. Right. Uh, cause I, I don't have those challenges. It's always been something that it's so easy for me that it feels like I'm cheating when I help people. You know what I mean? Like it's, if it was a video game, I have all the cheat codes on and I'm able to play without any restrictions. Right. It, for me, it's just like a second nature, easy thing. And so uh, that's where the kind of like being the app junkie, like I'll download apps, productivity apps, like all kinds of stuff on my phone, messing around with that. I got there's a lot of business applications that I that I work with on a daily basis. And so I came up with this idea to do a podcast and talk with small business owners about the tools and the systems and processes that they use to have gotten them to where they're at and where they want to go. And so the podcast is called Get Automated. And if the idea is that they can, you know, implement these systems and processes and software in their business to get some automation to free up time, make money, whatever the save money oftentimes. And it's a, it's like a mix of things. And so I've been doing that for about a year. And then, so that's kind of uh, where that, that, that story is. Yeah, I could probably use some help. I have a, I have a small business that I started probably about three or eh, I'd say three years ago now. And, uh, right when, right when, drones were starting to get popular everybody was starting to get their uh their remote pilot license so they could do things commercially and charge money for it because if you don't if you don't get an faa license for a drone and you start going out there and trying to charge people money for it you're in violation you can't you can't you can go and i could go you could hire one. Well, actually, you couldn't even hire me. You could ask me as a friend to go and and take some pictures, some aerial photography pictures of your property. But I couldn't. I couldn't take any money or any kind of uh, monetary or or trade or anything, or I'd be breaking the law. So you'd have to have the FAA license in order to be able to charge for doing any of that. The problem was is marketing is is a full time job in itself when you first start a business. And this yep. is this is not my my this isn't my bread and butter. So my day job as a construction guy, union construction guy, that's where all my you know I have to do that, or else you know the the ship sinks. And so I just didn't have time to do it, and or, or I don't know, maybe it just it seemed like it was too difficult. I don't I didn't know kind of the path to which you know to make it easier, kind of like what you're saying the path to kind of automate some of that stuff. And and I'm finding that now too with the podcasting. It's like, okay, I'm 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 good at the uh at this part of it. I'm good at finding people to interview. I'm good at doing this, 
but I'm not very good at growing my audience with the social media, using hashtags, cross-posting, all these other social media things that you need to know, which all the millennials and, and, and lower know that stuff now. And it's like, it's, it's a, it's a challenge, but I mean, I guess it's in any kind of business, you know, you're not, you have to go through those challenges and figure them out yourself or be able to hire somebody to do it. So, I mean, there's two choices. Oh, for sure, man. I mean, that don't get me wrong. I'm not necessarily a social media marketing expert either. I pay a guy to do that shit for me at this point because I don't get it. I don't, I don't use Instagram because I don't, I don't think like, oh, that would be cool to share to people. You know, <laughs> that doesn't occur to me. But uh, there's definitely an art to it. And it is a full-time gig if you're doing stuff actively, especially, I mean, being it's a podcast, I mean, there's content. But marketing is like the biggest aspect of it, right? That's like the, the bulk of the work in a podcast is marketing, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really is because that's what's going to determine – how many people, you know, see what you're, or, or even have what you have to present put in front of their face at any given time. And then, you know, being able to, to grab that attention, you know, whether, cause it's really quick, you know, you're, you're, you're swiping through swipe or scrolling through, scrolling through, scrolling through, scrolling through, you have to be able to catch somebody's attention in a, in a, in a second and then be able to keep their attention after they initially click on to whatever it is that you're putting out there. I, I have a, uh, I think I have a, a, a call on Monday with a social media marketing person and you know, I'm going to have them pitch me and convince me of, of what they can do for me that I can't do for myself. No, that's well, it's so that's actually one of the challenges that, so like I'm not good at staying organized unless I, unless I create a system and a process for it and I automate it. Right. So in doing a podcast, for me, the, the part of showing up and doing the recording, that part's fucking all day long. I could do that, right? It's fun. Uh, I don't know how to do audio editing. So my my employee, Brandon, takes care of that shit. I don't like doing the Instagram, but I do enjoy like interacting with the people that use the software in Facebook groups. And so that's one of the main ways that, I, that like the manual activity that I do. But one of the the problems, you know, it's like when you have a podcast and you have guests, right? <clears throat> so the guest, there's information that you need to get from the guest. And I was actually very good at providing you with that information before we got started. Uh, you have guest information. You have the episode and the status of that episode, whether it's scheduled or, or, or recorded or edited or ready to launch, right? There's a whole bunch of different things that are happening all at once. Um, there's organize, you know, uh, there's, you know, just navigating the conversation of like, what time is good for you? Well, this time is good for me. Oh, that doesn't work for me. And, and the back and forth that happens with just scheduling. There's, there's like easy to use tools that I found, you know, a long time ago, but that I was able to say like, oh, I could use this tool to manage my podcast and I could use this tool to schedule guests and I could use this tool to record my, my shit. So it's easier. Right. And then I can make them all work together through uh, a, you know, a variety of other tools. And so like, uh, there's a big one that I found, uh, and I'll throw that one out there for like anybody that's trying to like organize their ideas or they have a, like a system or process that they have to deal with, uh, is that there's this free tool. It's called Airtable, and, uh, it lets, it's like a spreadsheet, but better. And you can organize 
you know, what you have going on really easily. And, and more importantly, you can do it visually if you need to. And so it's a super powerful tool that's really easy to use. They even have like a podcast template that you can start from. And so that was one thing that I use. That's one thing that I use to, to keep all the shit straight. I think the one, the one thing that I was having an issue with when I, because this is like, I'm six weeks into it. This is my sixth week and about four weeks into it, I found those Facebook groups and I finally actually got a chance. Like when I, when I ran across you, that was kind of like my first attempts at trying to get a guest because before I was just getting people that I knew I would hit somebody up at the gym or, or, or somebody interesting that I would see on Instagram, I'd be like, Hey, you want to, you want to be a guest? And it's basically like cold calling people. And when I found yeah. all these podcast groups, I'm like, Holy shit, I hit the jackpot, especially the guest ones. And so I, I, you know, that's, that's where I've gotten a lot of stuff from. I mean, I've, I've done some other ones too. Like at the, the last recording I just did was with my friend Stephanie and she's from the gym. And I was thinking about having her as a co-host for the, uh, the lighter side of what I do. And, you know, the chemistry seemed to be pretty good. Um, just needed, uh, you know, not to, when you have two people hosting a show, I think you kind of need more direction versus like one person where I can kind of, you know, just like what we're doing, there's really no format here. It's just, you know, pay attention, ask some good questions, uh, you know, keep it relevant keep it moving. And you know, it's a little bit easier. Oh, for sure. I mean, one of the things that I found that was most interesting about doing podcasts was being able to talk to a total stranger for a fucking hour. Yeah, that's awesome, isn't it? Where else are you going to do that? You can't. <laughs> I didn't do know. It. I could. I mean, we just did it. Yeah, we're we're at fifty eight minutes. But yeah, I mean, where else can you do that? I mean, you can't go. I mean, I I've, I ran into somebody the other day at the at a at a place where I was having lunch at, and just I've okay. So this is what I really noticed. I'm more, I approach people more now that I've been doing this. It's a lot easier for me to t go up and just talk to random strangers and just strike up a conversation. Oh, for sure. I mean, you've, you can, I mean, it's, it always starts out kind of awkward, but like once you've been talking to somebody for a while, you get some rapport going, you know, figuring out how to build rapport. I mean, that's a sales technique in a podcast. It's, it's not really, you're not selling maybe a little bit, you're selling yourself, but you're not. You don't have to persuade somebody to buy something. You know what I mean? You're you're persuading them to enjoy the conversation. Yeah, you're just kind of, you know, you're just, I don't know. I, I, think, I think that we've gone away from what should be. You there? All right, you there? Hello. All right. That's a little, 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 you can tell a little bit of difference there. Um, yeah, that's. Unfortunately, one of the drawbacks from using the internet to do interviews is sometimes your internet crashes or your software crashes or your computer crashes or something crashes and you got to pick it up at some point. But, you know, this is all a part of, of the podcasting thing. And this is what I kind of like about not because I, I release my stuff pretty much unedited because I, I feel like your audience or my audience is getting a better feel for they're growing with me basically. Yeah. I agree with that. I, I keep some, some of the fuck ups in my podcast as well. So, yeah, I, I just, I, I think that, uh, that, you know, we're, we're on our way as a society to, to a better society 
and I think podcasting, and I've said this plenty of times, that podcasting is going to be part of what, what that change, uh, or, or what that change is, is going to be 100% due to podcasting. And of course, our, our friend Joe Rogan, he's made quite an impact in this, uh, <laughs> in this, uh, market. Oh, for sure. I mean, if it wasn't for, I mean, Joe Rogan is probably one of the first podcasts I got into it on YouTube, I think. But then I started downloading the podcast and listening to it. And I just, I got, I find it really interesting that he can talk to people that you would never hear, but like at length, you'd be able to hear, you know, a three hour conversation with somebody that is otherwise unavailable in that way, I guess would be the way to say it. Or you'd have to like, let's say Jordan Peterson or Sam Harris, you know, those type of individuals, you'd end up having to pay, you know, whatever amounts of money to go and watch them live. And they don't even show up sometimes in, in, you know, your area. So if you wanted to go see them, you'd actually have to go and be somewhere where they were. So, I mean, it, you know, it could be pretty expensive at some point, whether, you know, and you can just be a fly on the wall now and, and listen to them. And, and it's great, man. Uh, Joe Rogan was one of my, oh, he, for sure. he was definitely one of the, uh, the big, big influences on me. Because- oh, for sure, dude. For sure. It does. I mean, that's part of the reason why I switched to this, uh, like RV lifestyle is it's, uh, I mean, I, I still work a lot, but it's in bursts. Like I'm not obligated to be, I mean, other than like agreeing to come on a podcast or talk to somebody at a specific time, uh, my time is, I can dictate when that should be right. It, I can allow it as opposed to like when I had a job, what would have prevented me from doing anything like this was the fact that I had to be there at nine o'clock and I had to go home at six o'clock. And that's the the day that how everything every day went Monday through Friday. Occasionally you get a Monday or a Friday off if it was a holiday. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, there's one thing that I want to, I want to share here uh, about another podcast that I was redirected to by listening to Rogan. Uh, I think it was this morning. I was catching up on one of his and I was listening to the episode uh, with Naval uh what was it yeah so this guy ties right in with what you were saying man his his uh his whole approach on on business and 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 creating wealth not rich you know not becoming rich but creating wealth which is there's a complete difference um that is a very good listen and i would suggest anybody out there who's listening to this um if you get a chance take a listen man that's this guy is is uh pretty legit with what he's what he's talking about you're gonna have to hook me up with a link so that i can check it out or i'll look for that name uh in my podcast list because if you're saying it's good i mean i don't listen to every joe rogan episode because it's a shitload of time but like uh i try to keep i mean you mentioned jordan peterson anytime that guy's on i wish that guy was doing what he was doing when i was a young male yeah he just has a really a really uh unique way of of looking at things oh for sure well and he explains like uh that book i haven't read it yet or checked out the audiobook but i got the gist of it from watching him enough jordan peterson clips <laughs> and hearing him on a podcast to you know understand what he's talking about and you know it, if you're if you're a younger guy i mean it's the way to go i mean even even older guys i would say if you missed out on some of these aspects that he describes and what he teaches, it could be profoundly helpful. 
Oh yeah. And it goes back to exactly what, what we were talking about in the beginning when, you know, where our parents dropped the ball, this guy kind of, you know, he, he could be the pickup point to where you continue to, to get your information and continue to grow. Oh, for sure. I mean, for me, I exactly like the parent situation. I mean, they're only equipped to teach you what they were able to teach you. There wasn't, when I was growing up, there wasn't an internet for you to find information anytime you want on anything. (laughs) So like they taught me what they were taught or didn't teach me the things that they weren't taught. Right. And you miss out on certain things that are now readily available to anyone that could, that just seeks it. Yeah, absolutely, man. So we're at uh, an hour and six here. We had a little bit of a mishap, but I'll fix that in, uh, in post. Um, is there anything you want to uh, plug? Yeah, I mean, if, uh, if if anyone's interested and you own a small business and you are struggling with, you know, your day-to-day, your organization, things like that, uh, check out my podcast, Get Automated. It's on iTunes, Spotify, all the, the shit that you'd want to listen to it on. Uh, or you can go to getautomated.co, check it out. All right, Kelsey. And yeah, maybe uh, maybe I'll, I'll uh, come on your podcast if you had me and talk about uh, my drone business and see where I'm going wrong there. It's getting to the point. Yeah, where, I mean, I'd be happy to. I'd... Yeah, it's getting to the point where I'm, I'm either going to have to uh, fold it, or I, I don't know, because I don't, I don't know how any of that stuff works. I'm pretty, pretty uneducated when it comes to business, unless it's. In, yeah, unless, no, I'd be happy to. Yeah, and and the, the the business that I was good at it was uh was was selling drugs back in the day. So I mean, that's the only kind of business that that made sense to me. That's the only form of pure entrepreneurship. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a uh, yeah man happy to i'd actually i've gotten into more of a new style of episode where someone who maybe has questions or doesn't know or needs clarification it's more like a live consultation that's recorded and then shared with people or my subscribers i had a a friend of mine who needed some questions answered and i had been uh on the road and so i had been done i kind of got behind on my <laughs> release schedule and so he volunteered to come on and exchange, you know, I would help him out with some of the questions that he was having, kind of walked him through some, hopefully walked him through some scenarios that gave him some clarification and some direction. And it was a, I think it was a really good way to go. I knew you have to do that. Yeah, that, that, that's, that would be cool, man. And here's an, I'm going to, one more thing I got to get off my chest and just, and the only th- reason I'm getting it off my chest is because you're a fellow podcaster. And so maybe you may feel the same way that I do, but how in the fuck do you get people to rate your shit, man? I mean, it's the easiest thing to, to do and nobody wants to do it hardly. Oh, to rate your shit. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I just had it been organic. Like people that I've, any of the rated reviews and ratings that I have are just from people fucking feeling generous enough to do it. Yeah, God, I put it on there like like every time, like to the point where I like it's, I I almost feel like I'm I'm like trying to beg you. All right, well, looks like we lost Kelsey. So, all right, so yeah, here we are. We're back again. I I thought that we lost Kelsey, but we still have him. So we're just gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and say my my thanks and uh, I appreciate you uh, coming on my show and helping me out. And, uh, you know, anybody else out there, you heard talk about rating things. It's, it's so easy, especially if you're on iTunes, you just scroll down until you see the stars, tap a star. That's it. Super simple. For sure. All right, Kelsey, man. Thank you. And, uh, enjoy your, uh, RVing. I'm jealous. I wish I, I wish I could do the same thing. Um, it was great talking to you, man.
Yeah, likewise. Thank you for your time, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show, and thank you to Kelsey. Appreciate you guys listening. Uh, sorry about the uh, snafu with the uh, audio or dropping the call. Shit like that happens sometimes. So if you want to get a hold of Kelsey, go ahead and uh, check the show notes. There will be plenty of uh, information down there. or Not plenty, but his information will be down there. And if you want to get a hold of me or ask me anything or questions for the show, anything you want to say to me, uh, the easiest way would be go to nowhere to go but up now on Instagram. Check the link tree in the bio and all of my info should be there. That's the easiest place to like the one-stop shop if you want to want to talk to me. And also... It'll be in the show notes. So anyways, I appreciate you guys. If you, if you hung through with the last three weeks that haven't, you know, posted anything or published anything, I appreciate it. If you're still listening, man, uh, subscribe, rate, review iTunes or wherever you podcast platform you listen to podcasts on. And other than that, I ain't got nothing else. So in two more weeks, I should have the next episode out. And this is one I've been waiting for uh, with Eric Maddox from the Latitude Adjustment podcast. I'm definitely looking forward to working on that episode and editing it. So until next time, keep it 100. Stay true to yourself. Everything else is just noise. Mm-hmm.